The NBA playoffs are heating up and so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. DraftKings brings you same game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more. You can download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code VOXMMA. That's code VOXMMA for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just five bucks. Only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or in West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 and over, age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.co slash bball for eligible and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. You're listening to the Vox Media Podcast Network. martial arts mixed martial arts how do we like our martial arts we like mixed <laughs> ah the theme song the voice behind the theme song we are ready for ufc vegas 69 we are on the heels of ufc 284 coming off of that event which has taken up the entire week it's almost like this card has been almost forgotten about especially after the main event this past Saturday between Islam Makachev and Alexander Volkanovsky. But tomorrow we turn the page back in Las Vegas, back at the hallowed apex. And we got a main event that is very, very interesting. And we're going to talk about that because, I mean, let's be honest, looking at the rest of the card, it's not a lot else to talk about if we're being honest, but I still think it's going to be a pretty fun watch because some of the matchups are competitively matched. But as far as stakes and name value, it's the main event. One other fight, and that's probably it. But that's all good. We're here for the UFC Vegas 69 preview show. I am Mike Heck. My best friend is here because who else would I do this show with? Mr. Alexander Kaylee. Hello, AK. Hey, guys. <laughs> I'm excited to talk about Saturday's card. I'm not even being sarcastic because if I, if I never hear the words robbery, or exposed, or God help us, pound for pound, uh, ever again, it will be too soon. I don't, I, people have done everything in their power to ruin what was one of the, what was the best fight of the year so far. I know it's early. One of the best, I, I think one of the best main events we've seen, we've ever seen. I thought it was so much fun, so enjoyable. And all the discourse that has come out of it has just been absolutely miserable. So, I'm ready to move on. I'm ready to move on to a main event that I think has pretty... Well, I don't know. I think the stakes are pretty clear. I have done a poll, of course, for the people. Uh, and we're going to... I know we're going to get... I don't mean to steal your thunder, Mike. I know we're going to get into this very soon. But uh, should the winner of the UFC Vegas 69 main event between Jessica Andrade and Aaron Blanchfield become the number one flyweight contender? So far, yes, surging ahead. Uh, a very, very big early lead for yes. Well... I mean, it wouldn't be a preview show with you on it if I didn't ask a gymnastic score for this card, oh. AK. It is, we have to keep in mind though, some positives going for it. Main event, really good, very compelling. We'll talk about it. The legend Jim Miller is fighting Alexander Hernandez. There's some, if you're into the up and comers and the prospects, you got a bunch of those on there. Some stories for some of these prospects that are very interesting. We have a 4 p.m. prelim, 7 p.m. main card, and a nice tight 11 fights, AK. Nice 11 fights. So factor all of that into your score. Where are we at? 
eight. I'm going with eight. I, I don't. I don't. I don't want to oversell this card. Even as you know, we're going to break it down. We're going to. We're going to focus on a lot of the positives of this event. But it is essentially a one fight card. That one fight is, I think, super compelling. Uh, somehow more compelling than the you know what was already a solid main event. It was supposed to be Tyler Santos versus Aaron Blanchfield. Tyler Santos with some visa issues uh, was unable to uh, to make it to Vegas for this fight. Uh, and again, and, and I probably would have had the rating the same either way. Even even though I am more interested in this fight than I am in uh, Tyler Santos Aaron Blanchfield, I think the eight ratings was gonna was gonna be there no matter what. Um, again, it's not a pay per view. I usually say pay per view start off with like a degree of difficulty of nine, and, and generally it had to be a pretty pretty deplorable pay-per-view to fall lower than that fight nights i'll say almost same thing the floor even though these days the floor should probably be lower the floor is, is generally is generally an eight again I, I i think we'll we'll have some highlights on this one the fact you mentioned 11 fights that's nice because also some of these fights could be a drag that's just what happens when you know you have all these cards and especially with one that's so close to two pay-per-views uh, in coming up in march those pay-per-views are looking great uh, this so the fight nights around it are very likely going to suffer. That's just that's kind of just the way it is, and this is uh, one of the cards that's taking a hit. So um, I'm gonna be generous here and say an eight. Again, this doesn't mean I think the card is like an eight an eight out of ten in terms of quality. It means that if if everything goes right, we get like five or six, seven great finishes. The main event delivers either with you know a, a super exciting highlight or a great back and forth battle. If Jim Miller and Alexander Hernandez delivers, if all this stuff happens, then like it, it's going for an eight out of eight. Like the best that this card can be in my mind is an eight, and that's not terrible. That's, that's not a terrible way to spend a Saturday evening. But I do think the uh, the deck is somewhat stacked against this card, um, delivering even up to that uh, relatively low expectation. Yeah, I, I do think all in all, this will end up. I mean, there's going to be a couple of snoozers in here. I think most people could look at the fight card and and, and kind of pick those out, but. I think all in all, as a watching and viewing experience, I don't think this is going to be a, a tough watch. Like, I think it's going to be, there's going to be finishes. I think the main event is really fascinating. There's other fights on here that I am intrigued about, uh, but this is just name value and pay on paper and just the appeal to people like outside of the hardcore fandom. There's just not a ton of it. And sometimes that's okay because UFC 284 didn't have a lot of that either. And that event was pretty incredible and it seemed to fly by. And yeah, the storylines are what they are, but there were some really good ones as well. So let's talk about this main event. You mentioned it because I was going to ask you about this. You're more excited for this fight, Jessica Andrade versus Aaron Blanchfield, than you were for the Tyler Santos versus Aaron Blanchfield fight. Why, AK? Why is that? Just because Jessica Andrade is involved, you throw Jessica Andrade as a replacement for any fighter. That fight becomes more exciting. I don't care who it is. You, if you, if she replaced uh, uh, Valentina Shevchenko against Alexa Grasso, I'd say that's a more exciting fight. Jessica Andrade is awesome. Uh, she just bounces between two weight divisions, s- smashes people, submits them, ruins other contenders plans just does not care about the ufc's plans she says listen if you're going to sign me up to to go up in there against someone i'm not a stepping stone i'm not a name uh for someone else to make their name off of you sign me i'm going to do some damage and hurt somebody uh uh, lauren murphy found this out the hard way and then all the credit in the world to lauren murphy she 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 is certainly not someone who's like oh i'm getting matched up with jessica andrage and i'm gonna beat her and, and get a title shot she definitely knew like there's a very good chance that jessica andrage is gonna is gonna pummel me and I'm going to lose all this momentum I had. She put it online. Sure enough, that's what we got. Very one-sided decision win for Jessica Andrade. Uh, and now this is a very com- on the completely other side of things. We go from again a, a a great, super tough, gritty veteran in Lauren Murphy to Aaron Planchfield, who we've learned a lot about. You know, since she since she joined the UFC, uh, even before the UFC, we we had the chance to see her compete. You know, in combat uh, jujitsu and Invicta. So we know more about her than the average. You know, twenty. What, how old is she now? Twenty five. Uh, 23, excuse me, 23 year old strawweight prospect. We know more about her than, than, than we normally would someone with that, with that description, but we still don't know a lot. This is what her 11th pro fight and against a really, really big step up in competition. I thought Molly can was a good step up in competition last time, ran through her, uh, just destroyed that test. Tom Santos was an even, uh, even more significant jump up. And now Jessica Andrade is a level up above her. So I'm I'm compelled from the Jessica Andrade side again. Does she just add Aaron Blanchfield to her highlight reel? And I'm compelled from the Aaron Blanchfield side. If she gets a win over Jessica Andrade, decision, submission, anything, split, I don't care, controversial. If she's able to take Jessica Andrade to the limit and squeak out a win, 
I'll be absolutely amazed. And I will be the first one saying, you know what, just throw her in there with the Valentina Grasso winner. And, and uh, I, I totally approve. Yeah, I feel I feel if Erin Blanchfield wins this fight in any way, she gets the title shot. Like she's she's next in line. I mean, if Alexa Grasso beats Valentina Shevchenko, they'll probably run that one back. But if Shevchenko wins, and I think most expect her to, if Blanchfield wins this fight, I mean, there's there's no other fight. It's it's give her the title shot. She's 23. Even if she loses, it's not like she can't get back and get another one because I think she can find her way back. Because mostly because Valentina is just not going to fight forever. But, I mean, to go from Molly McCann to Tyler Santos to Jessica Andrade in a matter of three months is insane, AK. And so I feel for sure that if Aaron Blanchfield wins, she's getting a title shot. Jessica Andrade is a little bit different because it's not like she's calling for Valentina. She's calling for Zhang Wei Li. If she wins, she wants the 115-pound title fight. Because she hasn't really stuck to an actual weight class, I don't know if I'm as convinced that she'll get a title fight with a win over over Aaron Blanchfield. Aaron Blanchfield, I feel she will get a title fight. Are you on the same wavelength as me, or are you kind of with the polls, the pollsters, who are saying that no matter who wins, the next fight will be for a UFC title? Yeah, right now the poll at a solid, uh, we've got uh, already 100 votes in, 82% yes, just says the winner. Now, Mike, this could mean that people are anticipating one name or the other. So so I, I maybe I should have made it more clear uh, w- which fighter deserves. But again, I think I think for me, the whole debate is is if either woman needs to do that much more. So that's why I kind of left it a little more vague. But um, so yeah, this could be a vote. For, this could be 81%, like mostly thinking Blanchfield. It could be 81% mostly thinking Andrade. It's not clear based on the results. But um I I do think Blanchfield's a little bit closer. I don't know if I'm quite with you on that. Like she's guaranteed. Like I said, I'm for it. I'm for it. Um, I think she's done enough. Manon Firo has looked really good. I don't know if she made the strongest case. And I and, and kind of like the Baniel Darius thing. I think she maybe has maybe been a little too modest in her interview. She hasn't made that call that like, yes, I am the one to beat Valentina. Put me in there with her now. I feel like Aaron would do that. Uh, I'm not sure if that's the case, but I feel like if she's again let's say had a more dominant win, not a split decision, but like finished Jessica Andrade. I'm almost sure Blanchfield would say, I'm ready for that title shot. Give it to me. And if I'm wrong, you know, listen, we'll review this over the weekend and we'll, we'll roast me on a heck of a morning next, uh, next week. I feel like she would. So she is closer in that regard. She also, of course, has not fought uh, for the flyweight title before Jessica Andrade has. I, I don't know how um, interested they are. If uh, Valentina retains against Grasso against booking Andrade against her again, I would love to see it. I don't know if it would go differently, but I think very often rematches at this level, championship rematches, people would go, you can go throughout history and see the majority don't play out the same way as the fight before. There, there are exceptions. I'm, I'm, people throw them up in the comments. I know they're going to tell me like two fight series where the champion just destroyed the the challenger. That's fine. But uh, for the most part, they, they, they do play out differently. And I think Jessica Andrade is a better fighter than she was when she first fought Valentina. I think Valentina's a better fighter too. So uh, again, it could be the same winner, but could play out differently. And that's that's a fun thing to watch. So I don't think Andrade is as far away uh, as some people might think. I don't think Aaron is as close as some people might think. I just, but I do agree Aaron Blanchfield is closer. Um, but there is a case. I don't know if, if uh, Fiorello can somehow slide in there still. And if Tyler Santos, depending when she gets back, she might be able to get a fight. But um, I would hope that one of these two women uh, moves at least, if, if not a guaranteed title shot, with a win on Saturday, moves to the front of the line. Yeah, Fiora could just fight Santos. Winner is next in line, and we could just go from there. The betting lines have been interesting because when this fight was announced, the betting lines open as Jessica Andrade, a minus 125 favorite. Less than two hours later, we are at minus 190 for Jessica Andrade, and it's been kind of floating between like 150, 175, 180, and then the last couple days, we are creeping back up, and as of right now, according to DraftKings, Jessica Andrade still the favorite, Minus 130 in the comeback on Aaron Blanchfield is plus 110. I, I typically don't play the ponies, AK, but are you? is this betting line kind of where you expected it to be? Did you think Andrade would be a little bit of a bigger favorite? What, what, did you, what do you think? Uh, I would have thought that Andrade would be a bigger favorite, but again, this just tells us where the money's coming in, that, that uh, people are liking the, do- the, the underdog aspect of, uh, of Aaron Blanchfield. 
she's just so intriguing. And again, we have yet to see her lose in the UFC. That 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 mystique of the undefeated, she she still has it. People can even look at the the Tracy Cortez fight. Uh, that that's her one loss with decision, and say, well, she didn't really lose that one. So she she you could argue she's not just undefeated in the UFC, but essentially has not lost in her in her pro career. Um, at the very least, again, that one loss, pretty highly contentious, not something that really exposed her. So it's a very that that one is is a very weak uh, in her loss column. That, that it's ten and one. The ten wins are, I think, are a lot more illustrative of her skills than than that one loss so far. Um, so there has that mystique. She also she also has an A plus skill. I talk about this, uh, and I think Jed and I talk about this a lot. We talk about fighters having an A one one elite A plus skill, and we also talk about athleticism a lot. Uh, Aaron Blanchfield, a great athlete. So that's in. I don't know if that's, but so is Jessica Andrade. That's pretty close, but it's certainly a, a notch for for um, Aaron Blanchfield. That's a. She is not a. Uh, She's of this newer generation of of fighters that is not just not just skilled. She's got that raw talent too, uh, and and her A plus skill grappling. I mean, we know how far that can take you in MMA, uh, and she's such she's so aggressive. She is not a I'm going to take you down and hold you down, man. She is aggressive going for a finish, and that's something like we one of those things we just say you can't really teach how aggressive she'll be against someone like Jessica Andrade, who again this is a five round fight. She may want to consider conserving her energy. And if she's able to take her down, hold her down for a bit, we might see see more of that. So how aggressive she'll be in this one is, is another question, but I can see why um, Blanchfield would be such a live underdog because we just haven't really seen her tested that badly uh, on the ground, at least in the UFC. And if she can get it there, there's a very good chance that that skill that uh, carries her to a win over a former strawweight champion. Even if we're talking about all-around skill set, Jessica Andrade probably has the advantage. Finishing power, Jessica Andrade has the advantage. That grappling, that A-plus elite grappling can neutralize so many of those things. So, I, again, I, I, like I said, I, you're not a better, I'm not a better, but I can understand why there's, uh, there's some faith for, for Blanchfield here. What's the biggest question you have about this fight? Because, I mean, there's, there's a few. Um, I think a lot of people have gone back and watched the J.J. Aldrich fight and feel like... You know, Blanchfield won that fight. She got a finish, but that fight did not start well for her. And a lot of the punishment she took in that first round, a lot of the big shots she took were going for takedowns and leaving herself open for big shots. And J.D. Aldrich looked really good in that first round. She landed some good shots. And if Jessica Andrade is able to get those openings, this could be a very short night. However, you would have to think that after reviewing tape following the Aldrich fight, that was like priority one in terms of getting better and trying to fix that. And we saw it in the Molly McCann fight a, a little bit more. She just ran through everything, took her down and beat the hell out of her until she got the finish. So there's that. And then there's Andrade. She's coming off of a dominant win, but a win where she worked really hard. She hit Lauren Murphy like 500 times in that fight. She broke all sorts of records. That fight was not that long ago. So there are some interesting questions for this fight. What's your biggest one? Does it have to do with the five rounds? Is it one fighter or the other? Where are you at with as far as the biggest question, the biggest thing that you're looking to see as soon as this fight starts? I'll be honest. I think, and may, maybe this is just because we're coming off of the Islam Alexander, ugh, excuse me, Alexander Volkanovsky fight. I think size is going to matter here. I, I, it's not something really talked about because we do view Jessica Andrade as one of the stronger women on the UFC roster, regardless of whether she's competing at 115 or 125. But there, there is a difference. I, I do think Blanchfield is going to have a noticeable height advantage. Uh, and like I said, she just because uh, Aaron Blanchfield is not, you know, uh, doesn't have the these these you know big stacked up muscles she's really 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 strong i i think anyone who's seen her fight i'm i'm not like this isn't news to anyone who's actually seen her fight um her she has amazing technique and grappling but again being a really good athlete being young uh not, not even in her physical prime yet uh is, is a huge advantage for her she's really really strong and that is going to make a difference when it comes to grappling with jessica andrage again jessica andrage great offensive grappler um really really strong regardless of what division she's fighting in but there is a size difference, and that's kind of one of the things we're not talking about a lot because, again, we think Jessica Andrade, the, the pile driver, we just think of her as power, power, power. But I think she is at a strength um, disadvantage here, especially when it comes to the grappling. The striking, of course, I, I don't know how – I'm sure Aaron Blanchfield is improving by leaps and bounds uh, every time we see her, but I don't think she's anywhere near – where Jessica Andrade is, and I think any any prolonged stand-up would be an enormous mistake. But 
maybe I'm wrong. Maybe that's the direction that it goes in. But yeah, I, I think people really need to, uh, when they see them step into the cage, sort of the rehydrated weights and everything, they're going to see like, oh, wow, like Aaron Blanchfield, she's got, she's got some physical uh, advantages here. And that could matter, especially if it goes, uh, if it goes the distance. It's an interesting fight. Um, a, a lot of people talk about just uh, the, w- what's going to happen to the grappling exchanges. Jessica Andrade has been very difficult to take down. She has a 73% takedown defense percentage. And we have to put it into effect that at UFC 261, when Jessica Andrade fought Valentina Shevchenko, Valentina Shevchenko took her down seven times in seven attempts. So the fact that with those numbers in that one fight, she's still at a 73% clip is just ridiculous. She's very difficult to take down. Uh, can she be taken down? Sure. But she is very difficult to be taken down. So let's go, AK. What's the pick? You, you heard the odds. Minus 130 for Andrade. Come back on Aaron Blanchfield. Plus 110. Are we going with Jessica Andrade to become the winningest women's fighter in UFC history, being in her own spot at the top of that list by herself? Or will Aaron Blanchfield get over the hump a lot quicker than people thought she would and perhaps find herself in a title fight next? People know me, Mike. I'm, I'm going with the boring safe pick here. I, I just, it's hard for me to pick against Andrade. Weeks notice or not, you know, she, she strikes me as the kind of fighter that's pretty much always in game shape, um, is always gearing up to fight someone. This specific opponent, yes, very tricky. Probably the strongest grappler she's faced since, I mean, maybe Valentina. I know Cynthia Calvillo's in there, but honestly, at this point, I would, I would give, I would give Aaron Blanchfield the edge over her. Um, and Mena Lemos also a great grappler, and I would might give um, Blanchfield the edge over her as well. So maybe since Valentina, she hasn't faced someone with this level of uh, this level of wrestling and this um, submission offense, and uh, so. But I do think, as you just mentioned. It's hard to take Jessica Andrade down and keep her down. I, I mentioned the size thing, and for sure, I, I think Aaron Blanchfield will have some success. Can she control her and keep her down for five rounds, or or even even if she gets a takedown every round, will it be enough to mitigate what damage Jessica Andrade is able to do on the feet? So, while I'm leaning towards an Andrade finish, I could also see Andrade winning a, a decision again just by doing more damage with the striking, leaving a better, bigger impression on the judges. So I've got Andrade uh, winning pretty firmly in my mind. I am going to go finish uh, again. And this is no, listen, I want to remind people, Aaron Blanchfield's 23 years old. She doesn't turn 24 until May. She has a lot of growing to do. She has a lot of great fights ahead of her. She might fight Andrade again somewhere down the road. Um, she might, she might win a couple of other fights this year and end up getting a title fight in 2024. And she might lose that. She has losses ahead of her. You know, she's, she's a phenomenally talented fighter. Um, so, I mean, a win from her wouldn't surprise me, but if I'm being asked to make a pick, sticking with what I know, what I'm a little more familiar with, Jessica Andrade, the finishing power, the quality of competition she's faced, uh, I think it just gives her a really, really big edge here. So um, I'm going Andrade by third round TKO. TKO. Flurry of strikes. Flurry of strikes. I've been kind of back and forth on this one because when it was first announced, I was like, oh man, Jessica Andrade is going to win this fight. And then the more I've looked into it and going back and seeing improvements and, and where these two women have gone, Jessica Andrade getting an early finish in this one would not surprise me. It would not surprise me. Aaron Blanchfield needs to get in a groove to really get going. And we saw it in the J.J. Aldridge fight. Didn't really see it as much in the Molly McCann fight. I just think that was such a favorable matchup for her in a lot of ways. But we thought Molly was just kind of riding the hot hand and maybe she could pull something out and, and make this more competitive. But Aaron Blanchfield proved the betting odds to be pretty damn accurate, if not too low. And she looked incredible. So I'm going Aaron Blanchfield. I she's gonna have to she's gonna pay for it. She is gonna pay the piper to get this win. She's gonna have to weather a storm and she's gonna have to get go through the fire to do it. But I think if she has some momentum coming out of that second round, heading into three, four, and five, I think she can win this fight. I think she can win this fight. The fact that it's five rounds, and I know Aaron hasn't had an entire fight camp to get ready for five rounds because it got shifted on her when they moved the Sanhagen Vera fight to the San Antonio card. She's been getting ready for a fight. And Jessica Andrade was. She fought Laura Murphy. Probably take a little bit of time off to get back into it. I do feel like the longer this fight goes, the more it does favor Aaron Blanchfield, but she's just got to weather that storm. 
And I'm curious to see what her durability is going to be like. I'm curious to see how she's going to react to getting hit by someone like Jessica Andrade. And there is a real world where Andrade could catch her with a body shot, something nasty, and hurt her and get her out of there quick. But I think time is on Blanchfield's side here. If she can extend this fight, she could weather that storm, get a little momentum, tail end of the second round, going into the third. I think she can cruise and win round three, and then just kind of take it from there. I think Andrade will start to wear off, wear down a little bit. Blanchfield will start to get better. And I think she's, she wins a, will end up being a pretty competitive decision, 48-47. I am not confident about this pick at all, but I keep going back and forth. This is where I'm at right now. And I think if Blanchfield can just weather that early seven or eight minutes, I think she can win this fight. I think she will eventually get some takedowns. And once she gets one and gets a second one, I think she's going to be able to continue getting them. And I think she just rides it out and, and picks up a decision. But such an interesting fight, AK. Like, this is just a really interesting matchup. So great main event. Great main event. And Aaron Blanchard could just shake this whole damn division up if she is able to go in and win this fight tomorrow. Shake up the division. Shake up our... I can't believe I was just told Bill. Oh, here it our comes. Pound, <laughs> our pound for pound rankings. Uh, I don't think she's received. Oh, gosh. Uh, listen, you know, hey, listen, I'm okay with. Listen, uh, we. I, I meant men's. I meant I'm, I'm talking about the men's pound for pound rankings. I'd love to talk about some more about the women's pound for pound rankings. Uh, especially, yes, if I'm trying to see. I don't think Blanche Fields. Okay, she has one vote. She, uh, she sorry, not one vote. She has received. Um, uh, she's on one ballot. She's on one ballot of our uh, our eight person rankings team. So that means she's probably hovering somewhere. And I don't I don't know uh, what the place of the vote was, but probably somewhere in like the twenty five to thirty range. Uh, we have Jessica Andrade at number five pound for pound. Some would argue that she she could be higher, given that she is uh, she does compete actively in two weight classes. So if Aaron Blanchfield were to beat her, I mean I don't think Aaron Blanchfield takes the number five spot. It probably no. bumps. Boy, that would really screw things up. You know, I, I now regret bringing this up. <laughs> I regret the, bringing this up. My, regret, she'd be in my top 10. She'd be in my top 10. I'll tell people now. So here's, here's why. The whole straw weight sort of situation is, is what has made the um, outside of the top four, our pound for pound rankings a mess because we have number five, Jessica Entourage, number six, Carla Sparza, number six, Rose Namunas, number eight, Juliana Pena. So it, there's kind of like some, some MMA math going on there. <laughs> So if Blanchfield, like if you were to automatically put her above Andrade, which you do, again, you don't necessarily have to do because Andrade competes in two weight classes, you know? So, I mean, a win doesn't necessarily give her Andrade a spot. And this depends how people do their theoretical nonsense pound for pound rankings. And I say nonsense, including ours. Uh, you'd also, so if you put her above Andrade, you'd also be putting her above Carlos Sparza, Rose Namajunas, Juliana Pena. Feels like, feels like a huge jump. Feels like too much, but again this is all under the, the assumption that she beats Jessica Andrade which I, I will be shocked if that happens in the first place and uh, I'll worry about all that other stuff after the NBA playoffs are heating up and so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook an official sports betting partner of the NBA DraftKings brings you same game parlays live betting odds boosts and so much more don't miss out as the NBA postseason winds down and new customers to DraftKings can bet five bucks to get 150 in bonus bets instantly. You can download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code VOXMMA. That's code VOXMMA for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just five bucks. Only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or in West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 and over, age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.co slash bball for eligible and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. 
And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at marines.com. Rest of the main car, we have Zach Pauga moving down to 205, Jordan Wright moving up to 205. Yes. That is the penultimate fight, right, AK? Yes. This is, I specifically, uh, in a post today, had to mention this fight, and I, I, I called it the penultimate bout. Unless it doesn't roll off the tongue, it doesn't jump off the page, but I need to get this going and to remove remove the automatic co-main event tag from every fight night you know card they try listen this isn't just ufc thing bellator as well bellator has had some some second to last fights that i'm like this is not a co-main event let's be honest they have a card coming up that has a main event that isn't actually a main event okay i'm not going to call name names i'm just saying people check your bellator calendar there's a there's probably a card coming up that you didn't even know was happening um that's headlined by a headlined I guess literally headlined. I guess you can't take that away by uh, two um, somewhat anonymous heavyweights. Let's put it that way. Uh, so Jordan Wright, Zach Puaga. Listen, this is the spot they ended up in. Uh, I don't know. How, I'm if you. We'll, we'll, we're going to talk more about the card. I'm really not entirely sure how they decided who to put where. You know, we've got Jim Miller and Alexander Hernandez, but that makes sense as a main card opener. So I'm kind of okay with that. You have some fighters with numbers next to their names in the prelims. I'm not sure why you would, you know, maybe not give one of them the co-main event slot, other than the fact that those matchups aren't like on paper might not be super entertaining. Um, so yeah, this is what they're going with. They're going with um, they're going with. We hope the second last fight has a finish. And given the names involved, highly likely. Uh, again, if I gambled, I would absolutely take the under. Uh, as far as like, uh, is the fight going to go to decision? Possible. I, I, but I mean, I don't know what the odds are. I'll check real quick. But it has to be like. Like under uh, under uh, one and a half is minus two hundred. Under two and a half is minus uh-huh. four fifty five. So, yeah, that sounds right. <laughs> that sounds right. Yeah, and listen, we, uh, Jed and I again, we always talk about you need fighters on rosters who lose in entertaining ways, and Jordan Wright has been that guy. Okay, and this is not and this is not an insult to Jordan Wright. Someone has to go in there and be the B side in these fights, and often unfortunately get rolled over in a super entertaining way and jordan wright does that better than a lot of people on the roster so win or lose i hope they keep jordan Wright around because i think he's a he's got a good personality i think he goes in there to uh, again ko or get ko'd sub or get subs that's exactly what's going to happen with zach paga zach paga i actually thought he was going to win his season of the ultimate fighter he got out athleticismed and outpowered by uh, mo uzman who just caught him with a beauty of a shot put uh, put zach paga's lights out but Skill-wise, I do think he was the best heavyweight on that season. And um, I think light heavyweight's going to look good on him. And he's got some legitimate knockout power. Great great hands, good knockout power. I think he's going to put uh, Jordan right down. So there you go. If the UFC's hoping for a finish before uh, the high, high, more, way more high-stakes main event, then you know, they could have done worse than, than, than uh, booking these two in that slot. We got a contend, a battle of multi-time contender series winners, uh, Josh Parisian and Jamal Pogues. Another multi-time contender series vet, William Knight, on this main card against Martin Pracnio. Uh, William Knight looks just ridiculous right now. He just doesn't even look like a human being. Josh Parisian. Oh, we'll talk about. Let's talk about William Knight first. Uh, yeah, I saw him facing off with Martin Pracknow, and Martin Pracknow is not like in bad shape. He's a he's a healthy, athletic man. But my goodness, William Knight looked friggin' yoked at the official weigh-ins. It was it was crazy. I mean, he always does. William Knight, if you're out there, I'm sorry. We keep talking about your physique. You're not just a mound of muscles. You're a human being. You're a UFC fighter. But listen, you're you're also in absolutely superb shape, and we can't help but talk about it. And uh, it, it, it listen, if we want to ask why this guy why this fight's on the main card. I'm just saying, if your average person is browsing the ESPN Plus and wants to see what this UFC thing is all about, and they see they see William Knight on the screen, they're probably going to stay tuned in. They're probably going to say, "I got to see what this guy's about because this dude looks awesome." <laughs> what do you want to say about Josh Parisian? I'm I'm curious. <laughs> Josh Parisian, you mentioned he's a two. He's not just a two. He has to be the only Mike. I has to be the only two time contender series winner and ultimate fighter contestant because we all remember after the I, it was in the most like tragic set of circumstances i think it was after he won the first fight that they're like okay we're not giving ufc contract but we're giving you a spot on the next season of the ultimate fighter and i was like what in the hell kind of prize is that <laughs> and then he didn't even get signed off the show it wasn't even like you know because sometimes even if you don't win the show you still get signed he still had to go back to the regionals after that and then as you mentioned go back into contender series again 
I don't know what what a what a bizarre him and him and Joshua Rosar have like they could write a novel probably on their journeys to the UFC because they both just took this incredibly long route um, to to their you know to finally getting a long term stay in the UFC. It, it's tough out there for some people, man. Josh Prezian, God bless him for sticking with it because after that Ultimate Fighter thing, I would have been like, I don't even care about the UFC anymore. Like I don't know why they made me jump through these hoops, but hey, he's on the roster now, no complaints, and he's on, and he's on the main card. He had seven fights before getting into the UFC after the Ultimate Fighter, including the Contender Series win. Uh, he is coming off of a bonus-winning performance uh, in June of 2022 against Alan Badeau. Uh, got a second-round ground-and-pound finish. Got himself 50 Gs. So we'll see if he can continue that momentum against Jamal Pogues and let's see how Jamal does in his Octagon debut. And then the other fight on the main card is probably the the one that sticks out more than any other outside of the main event. Jim Miller, the man with the most wins in UFC history, looking to extend that record, taking on Alexander Hernandez, who steps in on pretty short notice to replace Mowgli Benitez. Hernandez dropped to 145. Go to MA Fighting's YouTube channel. He had uh, some issues with that weight cut and some side effects, so to speak. And he's back up to 155, looking a little more healthy. Getting a big opportunity against Jim Miller. We're, I talked about this on Heck of a Morning earlier. There, I mean, there are interesting UFC careers. If there's like a top 10 list of just guys in the last five, six, seven years who have come into the UFC, Hernandez is one of the more interesting cases of just really weird careers. Coming in against Benny Dariush, short notice, finishes him in 42 seconds, beats a rank guy in a second fight, another rank guy, and then... Gets over big during the press conference before fighting Donald Cerrone, said a lot of stuff, and then got finished by Cerrone. And it just doesn't feel like he's gotten past that moment because he's had wins, obviously. But the Trinaldo one was kind of a weird one. And then the other one's Chris Gritzmacher and then Mike Breeden. And then the rest has just been weird where he has really good starts and then ends up getting finished in the second round. So just a... It's just a strange career for a guy who never really got the chance to develop in the UFC. He got thrown right into the fire. And then there's Jim freaking Miller, who's just who just ages like a fine wine, AK. This fight's really interesting. Alexander Hernandez is a huge favorite in this fight, AK. Minus 250. Huge favorite. The, the comeback wow, of Jim is, Miller's plus 185, AK. I don't bet on MMA, but were I to do so, I might splash a little money on Jim Miller. That is highly disrespectful. Um, but it kind of like encapsulates everything you said about everything you just said about Alexander Hernandez. That was a great rundown, Mike. Um, there is something about him winning, winning that Darius fight. And if people remember, there was a little bit of controversy. Some people thought there might have been a bit of a flake, a fake glove tap, and then you know he rushes Benil and knocks him out in, in just over 40 seconds. But ever since he has that that win on his resume, I mean, that, like you said, kind of immediately elevated him to the next tier, like past prospect. Now it's like, oh, this guy's like could be a legit contender. It beats OAM. And then, yes, the, the Don Cerrone fight didn't go his way, and it's been rocky since. But there's still this confidence in him. Uh, maybe it's the look. You know, you look at this guy, good-looking kid, great shape, great highlight reel. You know, if you just look at the highlight reel, he's got some really impressive knockouts on there, right? So it, he's a very easy sell. You look at the age, what's Hernandez? He's 30, just recently turned 30. And uh, Jim Miller is uh, 39, 39 years old. So combat sports, I mean, listen, I, I harp on it all the time. I'm usually leaning towards the younger man. But Jim Miller is like an exception, like because he's been beating younger guys. He's been beating more athletic guys than him. He's been beating more, uh, more um, explosive athletes than him. You know what I mean? So if this was like his his kryptonite it would have happened a long time ago and it's not like he's on uh, it's not like jim miller's on like a 10 fight win streak or something he does lose fights um but he usually is able to make up the, he's so skilled he's usually able to make up that gap uh in whatever physical advantage his opponent may have so that line does surprise me i actually did not i had not looked at it hernandez being an over two to one favorite is a just a, a real disrespectful. And and I don't know if people are thinking he's going to win first round KO. Uh, Casey always likes to look at the typology fight predictions. And of course, the educated fans of typology have it inverted. They have 65% uh, are picking Miller to win. 59% picking by submission. That's kind of interesting. Yeah, it's, it's, it's one of those fights where I, I think people are looking at it like if her, 
Hernandez doesn't get him out of there in the first, it could be a rough night for him. Because that, I mean, that's just been kind of the story of his run post Cerrone loss. First round finish or bust, really, outside of the Trinaldo fight, which a lot of people didn't even think he won. So, yeah, it's it's. We'll see if he can do it here. I mean, this this would be a, a great momentum swing for this young man. He's only thirty, so. If he could beat Jim Miller and add that to his resume, like that's huge for him. I know a lot of people don't like Hernandez because of the Cerrone stuff, that press conference before that fight, but interesting young man. Let's see if he can get back, and Jim Miller's just just killing it, man. We'll see if he can get it done. Do you have a low-key banger, AK? Do you have something? I Listen, I, I, I'm intrigued, but I, I'm just going to go with uh... – Two guys, we talked about a little of this before, before we went cameras on, before we started the show. People might, looking at the preliminary list and saying, hey, there's OSP and Philly Blinds. Like, I know those guys. OSP has been in, you know, was a contender in the light heavyweight division and has hung around the top 25. Uh, I'm trying to think how many light heavyweights there are. Probably not that many. Hung around the top 20. Hung around the top 20 of the light heavyweight division for a long time. For a long, long time. He's been with the UFC since, I have to look at this. It feels like a decade. I don't want to say a decade, but. No, I'm right. April 2013, his first UFC fight. So we're coming on the 10 year, ten magical years of OSP, a decade of dominance. And uh, Philly Lynn, some people might remember from uh, the PFL, won, once won a uh, million dollars in a PFL tournament crown. So there's some, there's some sizzle there. And I'm not saying like, oh, that should be on any main card. But again, when you look at some of the names we had up there, Josh Preezy and Jamal Pogues, William Knight, Marcin Prakniao, Jordan Wright, Zach Poga, you do kind of wonder, could they not have found a space for uh osp and philippe lens a couple of reasons like just to go devil's advocate against myself again on paper could be an ugly fight but osp he gets a lot of finishes he's like one of the light heavyweight division's leaders in career finishes so that's great um the other issue is that this fight fell through twice before already so maybe they thought it had the bad juju and they're like let's not even we're just gonna have to reshuffle the main card if we put it on there anyway let's tuck it away in the prelims if it gets postponed again no one will even know um so fingers crossed we are uh, we aren't at uh, fight night yet the two gentlemen are not in the cage but it looks like it's actually going to happen and i kind of wish they'd been given um one of those spots i, I may i maybe would have bumped uh parisian and pogues down to the down to the uh, prelims and had just light heavyweight fiesta on the ESPN plus main card. Yeah. I mean, there's definitely some like fun names on this one. Like Clayton Carpenter is really fun. Uh, AJ Fletcher is fun. I mean, looking for his first UFC win fighting Demma Garimbo, who that dude just getting in a cage and fighting like is probably the 1000th hardest thing he's ever had to do in his life. This guy has just been through it all. Uh, if you ever watched the movie Blood Diamond, that's essentially what his childhood was like. Uh, I spoke to him, I think it was October 2021, and basically had to escape from where he was living. That was like the way he made money. Uh, he became a freaking diamond smuggler when he was 16 years old and basically had to try to escape Zimbabwe, got caught at the border and was like attacked by dogs. And he's got like scars all over him. You'll see him when he fights just basically from that job he was doing and then trying to escape. And eventually he did. Uh, they caught him, illegally brought him back, and then he escaped again and you know, had to overcome some hardships, found MMA, and now he's in the UFC. So really interesting story. And finally he gets his UFC shot. So very, very interesting. Uh, Hussein Ashkabov, I mean, dude's 23-0, and 0, fighting Jamal Emmers if you're a fan of grappling and wrestling. I think that's going to be a fun one. And What's Emmers? Uh, what are the odds there? What are the odds in that fight? Ask a Bob and yeah. Emmers. I bet it's pretty close. Uh, it is. Let me see. Yeah, it is. Minus 155. Yeah. Minus yeah. 155. Wow. Emmers plus 135. Uh, BTL alumnus Evan Elder is back fighting uh, against Nazim Sadikov, who's really, really good. Yeah. Back so in his proper weight fight. class, right? He, he, had to take, he had to fight at welterweight the first time, right? Yeah, he took the fight on super short notice. So yeah, yeah, okay. So that's good. It's almost like a second chance to make a first impression. I think. Yes. So yeah, there we go. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or twenty-four-seven in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. 
What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, let's go to the peeps. Let's see what the peeps have to say. We'll take a few questions from the peeps. There he is. Hello. E. Casey Lydon. How are you doing, buddy? Wonderful, wonderful. Um, oh, by the way, in those pound-for-pound pound rankings, I am the person that has Blanchfield in my top 20. And How high? I have her at 19. And okay. I also have Jessica Andrade, the highest ranked pound-for-pound pound in our entire staff. I have her at number two. Uh, number two? Mm-hmm. Number two. So this main event for me in terms of pound for pound rankings and just the uh, flyweight division in general, freaking rules. Love it. Love it, man. All right. Do, do, do. A little yes. positivity here. Duval. Duval. <laughs> I'm so pumped for this main event. That's <laughs> Yes, I think we should all be pumped for this main event. Yeah. Yes, pumped for the pumped for the main event. <laughs> uh, uh, where are we? Mm, you kind of answered this, but Aaron hasn't been finishing her career. Would Jessica be the first, or does this go to the card? So, AK, you're saying she will be finished third round. I think Jessica and Josh will be the first. Yeah, and. I will go. Can, that, I mean, she can't I'm, finish Lauren Murphy, but she can finish Aaron Blanchfield. Do you think? Is that what you think? Like, I mean, Lauren Murphy's been hit a million times, so I mean, she's used to it. Aaron hasn't been really been <laughs> crack cracked, so th- I mean, her getting hit by Jessica Andrade is, you know, this we'll would see. be a first person. Yeah, but it, it, to me, and I could be wrong about this. But to me, if there is going to be a finish in this fight, it's going to come from Jessica Andrade. That's what I think. Oh, Jessica Andrade will, 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 change, will change your life. Um, I'm looking here. Uh, Cinza Calvillo had never been finished before running to Jessica Andrade. Amanda Lamosh had never been submitted before running into Jessica Andrade. I'm just trying to see who like she, who was the first, like how many people she was the first to finish. Um, but anyway, listen, those are two really good recent examples. Uh, Carolina had Carolina. Carolina had never been knocked out. And then she ran to Jessica Andrade and got one shot smoked. So a lot of good quality fighters uh, come into their fights with Jessica Andrade having never been either knocked out or submitted. And she just has another level of finishing power and has, was, has been a lot of fighters first. So would not surprise me at all if on Saturday that's the case again. Ooh. All right. Uh, uh, we did a low-key... <laughs> Is Jordan Wright the new Sam Alvey? No, his fights are exciting. Yeah. <laughs> no, this is, uh, I like, uh, this is from Me Housebot. Me Housebot, I like where your head's at. Yes, I get, as someone who could keep losing fights and keep getting chances, yes, I like, I get where your head is at. Uh, but res- with respect to Sam Alvey, uh, his fights were occasionally a bit of a grind. He didn't always lose in the most entertaining way. There's a few in there. The Julian Marquez one was awesome. There's a few in there. But uh, some of his, his fights were just, it's why I think one one reason why people were so shocked that he was able to hang on for so long was that he wasn't even losing, like getting smashed every time. Some of those fights were just completely forgettable, uh, and he was still hanging on. Jordan Wright is like again, he's going in there and either he's and he's just getting got real bad. If they did a reverse highlight reel, he'd have one of the best ones out there uh, in the UFC right now. And it sounds so it sounds so insulting to uh, to Jordan Wright, but again, there is an art yeah. to going in there <laughs> and being aggressive and going for the kill and getting taken out. And again, you need fighters like that. That's what I believe. Yeah, he just he just gets or get got. Yeah. That, that's and hey, guy. Jordan Wright, prove me wrong. Prove me wrong. Take yeah. out Zach Pog. You know what? You add to your actual highlight reel on Saturday. You take out Zach Pog because I'm ha- happy to be proven wrong. I, I think it's been unfair for Jordan Wright that the fact that they put him in the the co-main event. I mean, it's fine that he got another fight, but being a co-main event is kind of asking a lot from what we traditionally expect. But um. That's all. 
I think he's probably more, and this is not exactly the same, but I think he's probably more, he's like more Jeremy Stevens than Sam Alvey, if that makes sense. Because Stevens, in a lot of respects, is is a getter get got guy too. So yeah. I'm into that. It's just, except except with Jeremy Stevens, he's all mean faced, and Jordan Wright's just big smiles. Yeah, <laughs> very very happy. Yeah, I'm surprised Jordan Wright's is such a big underdog in this fight. I thought this one would be lined a little bit closer, despite the three fight losing streak. But I, I just considering what Jordan brings to the table, and that fight's just going to be madness. Mm-hmm. I would. I don't think he's a plus two twenty five dog yeah. in this fight. I'm making Jordan right. <laughs> oh man! All right. Um, what's at stake for Andrade? I think she's. I, like, I go ahead, I guess. Go ahead, you go. You go. You go. I'd be happy to see her get a title shot in either division. I know. I know it'll look weird if she if she wins and then gets a one fifteen pound title shot. But Rose Namajunas is nowhere to be seen. She the, the title shot is her as far as we know is hers for the taking. Uh, there's that history with with Zhang. She's beaten her twice. We're pretty sure if Rose comes out and and or even not even publicly goes to the UFC and says I'm ready, I'm ready to fight. I, I have the formula to beat Zhang. I've I've done it twice. Let me let me go in there and get my, another shot at her. I'm pretty sure they would. So the fact that that has not I, as far I haven't heard any rumblings and that that has not been made yet is surprising to me and that that does leave the door open and again i feel like you have to reward jessica andrage i i, I don't know how many times jessica andrage has fought since rose namajunas last fought i don't see how anyone could complain if the work that she's done in two divisions um over the past whatever year or so should earn her a title shot in in uh especially a straw weight well again with with the presumptive number one contender nowhere to be seen so I don't normally like fighters getting uh, title fights, you know, uh, fighting in a different weight class, but she's done enough work in both. Jessica Andrade deserves it. So she could be next for Zhang. Um, she's going to be, if she wins, she'll be fighting for one of the titles next, I have to imagine. It's close. But uh, to me, I think she fights Rose next, no matter what. I think that, uh, that's the fight that makes the most sense. It could be a 115, it could be a 125, doesn't matter. If Rose wants to actually go up to 125 and test it out, she could fight Jessica Andrade, who has fought at 125 many times at this point. So do that. Big, huge fight for both women. Winner gets a title shot. There you go. Man, for as, for as awesome as the women's uh, 115 division is, there isn't a number one – there isn't really like a number one contender right now, really, is there? It's kind Amanda of weird. Lemos, like- maybe. Lemos is probably like the front runner, and then Andrade is kind of there, but – she fights at 125 most yeah. of the time. So, do you like? Do you, I mean, actually, I'm gonna go to this question by Mr. Boza. Actually, Jessica doesn't want to stay at flyweight. She thinks if she beats Aaron, she would get Whaley next. Should Jessica just pick a division and stay there? I like. I don't look at this like the same as. I don't know. I, I think she's fine doing both. Keeps her busy. Keeps her active. She just wants to get in there and scrap. And like, like we just said, Zhang doesn't really. Hit, you think Amanda Lemos is the top gal right now, but you would think from a fan's perspective that Whaley Andrade two would be a bigger fight because that first one just never really got going. Zhang just blitzed her and beat the hell out of her and finished her fast. And it was at a weird time. It was all different things heading into it. So I don't think she has to. What do you think, AK? Like, I don't think she has to. I think she's fine. Like, yeah, not at all. Not the flyweight all. wins have strawweight merit to them, which is kind of weird to say. And again, she's just she's been competing in both. She took out Amanda Lamosh in 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 three minutes with submission no one had ever seen before. That's the last time we saw her fight at one fifteen. Like uh, it's it's very fresh in our minds how good Jessica Andrade is at one fifteen. So it doesn't matter that this is now back to back flyweight fights. We know that she is one of the top five uh, strawweights, and on any given day. Could probably beat Rose Namajunas. Could probably could probably beat Carla Esparza. I mean, this she would be heavily favored against Carla Esparza if that matchup were made. She'd be at least a minus two hundred favorite. So it, it's we can talk about like real resumes all you want, but because she's been around for so long, because she has a highlight reel, because she's just knocked off names in two divisions, um, the public will readily accept Jessica Andrade fighting for a title. Um, especially if she gets past Aaron Blanchfield in impressive fashion. Again, and it doesn't matter whether it's a 125. doesn't matter whether it's 115. She's the one that's staying active. She's the one that's racking up names. At some point, you have to reward her. So, like, just 
completely she does not need to pick a division it, it doesn't really doesn't matter for her I talked to Jessica Andrade during International Fight Week, and I think she was scheduled to maybe fight Man and Fioro when, like, it was maybe Chukagian. And I think she got injured, like, maybe a week before that. And, I mean, even during that interview, she said, I'm going back to 115. Like, when I come back, 115, all my fights are going to be 115. And her next two fights are 125. <laughs> so it's, it's, it's hard to keep her down. She just wants to fight. And if, if that phone rings, she's going to say yes. She doesn't say no to anything. So I don't think... If there's one fighter who could bounce around and it doesn't really affect things too much, it's her. Like it's not like Lorenz Larkin. Like Lorenz could be ranked in one of these divisions in our rankings, but he'll fight twice at 185, then he'll fight twice at 170, and he'll go back to 85, then he'll miss weight, then he'll go back to 170. So it's like it's a different story between him and her, if that makes sense. Do you like do you like the UFC how they how they do this, Andrade? I mean, is this overall? Is this just does it create more confusion, or is this she's just an exception? Yeah, I don't think so. I don't think it creates a lot of confusion. Like that's I, just who she is now. Phone rings, one fifteen or one twenty five. No, she's but, in. But a lot of fighters say that. But the UFC lets her do this, though. That's that's the that's the kind of the difference. I mean, like Aldo always wanted to go for two belts, but the UFC just wouldn't let it happen. That was a different time. But like. I, I'm, I'm more, I'm more kind of curious to the UFCs, the matchmakers thinking of this because this isn't something they usually like doing. You know, they have their, they have their whiteboard and they have names in the columns. They don't, they don't like putting two names in two columns. You know, so I'm just kind of, I'm surprised that the UFC kind of lets this fly in a sense. Uh, this, this sounds cynical, but they're happy to, they're happy to have someone with name power able to save cards in two divisions. Let's put it that way. I think they were yeah. jumping for joy when she calls. They said, oh yeah, she's willing to fight Aaron Blanchfield on a yeah, week's that's notice. What I, mean, I guess the, the times are different now with all the Definitely. content they had to get out. You know, so yep. like, yeah. She's a, she is a premium content creator as far as <laughs> fighters go. Premium. Right. Very bad. Um, actually, I like this question. Uh, there's, there's a little typo in the question, but oops, ooh, not, not that one. Sorry. Uh, this one. Do you think Andrade can become a two-way world champion? What do you think? I absolutely. Oh. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. Again, Gabe I would even I would oh. even give her a chance in a Shevchenko rematch, if only because rematches don't play out always the same way. I mean, of, of course, course I'd pick Shevchenko, but um, on, on the right day, she could. There's there's nothing uh, there's nothing in Andrade's like lack. There's nothing lacking in her skill sets that tells me like, oh, there, well, there's no way. There's no way she couldn't catch Shevchenko. Or there's no way she couldn't like get beat Shevchenko on an off day. She totally could. That's a that's that's what makes runs like Shevchenko so impressive. Is that either she's not having an off day, or when she has an off day, which I would argue she did against Talos Santos, she still finds a way to win. Um, so that's what makes her so impressive. But she's not invincible. I don't think Valentina Shevchenko is like invincible. And uh, honestly, again, and it's that hint of vulnerability that to me is what makes her one of the best fighters I've ever seen. Because you're just not on, you're not on top all the time. And especially if someone like Jessica Andrade is coming at you, if you have to beat them two times or three times, at, at some point they're going to get you. I imagine think at some point they're going to get you. So 115 for sure. Uh, 125 is a longer shot because again, we have seen her fight Valentina. And I think that was a little more convincing than, again, the 42 seconds that we saw in there with her and uh, Zhang Weili. But um, I think, yeah, I think 115 is much more attainable. It's, it's, it's possible. I would never rule it out. I would never rule it out with Andrade. That's, that's how high I am on her. Yeah. Katie? Yeah, you think oh, so too? Can, absolutely. She can be two weight world champion. I have her ranked in top five in two divisions. Um, she's probably, heck, I mean, if we're being honest, she might be top five at 35 too. <laughs> right. Oh, she would be. Oh, if Jessica Andrade decided to go up and take a couple of fights at 135, she's breaking I, in the top I, I, five I, easily. I'm just saying on the right day, <laughs> on the right day, Andrade could be a three-division champion in the UFC on the right day. I'm not saying she will be, but you know. I, I like her <laughs> Frank, I like her chances at 145 too, Casey. I don't know if you've seen that division. <laughs> Skill-wise, she's, she'd probably be pretty good at yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, that's, Jessica Andrade is awesome. Put? That's all. <laughs> jo- Josiani Nunes or Jessica Andrade, JK? Who are you picking? <laughs> I just, I would love, see now, I just really want to see that fight. <laughs> I'd love to see Josiani Nunes fight uh, Jessica Andrade. Sign, that's another, UFC, if you've got another fight night uh, main event slot to fill later this year, I'm just saying, keep that one, keep that one in the right. back pocket. I, I think she could become team. a champ. I, I think she could, but um, I don't think she will. Then, but will, I mean, will and could. She has the skill set on the right day to definitely be. Sure, yeah. champions. That's what. I'm, that's yeah. all I'm saying. And yeah. I, don't, I can't. I can't name any other fighter. I can. I can confident, confidently say that about. 
I would say, uh, I mean, maybe Valentina could be a two division champion. That's probably the front runner, but sure. I think John, no, no, I think John, no, I think John Wei Lee's going to have a chance. I think John Wei Lee's going to have her chance. To be oh, 15 and 20, yeah. I just want to see Wei Lee try. Uh, I'll, I'll eventually, well, well, maybe defend the belt, straw weight again. Clear the division out. A couple you know. more times. A few more yeah, times. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Clear the division out. A couple more. Yeah, two. I, I like to two two title defenses before um, we start getting that conversation going. Yeah, I completely agree. All right. Um, oh, real quick. Just I think there was some confusion. It's just people didn't know probably. So. Why did Tyler pull out of the fight against Blanchfield? So th- there were some visa issues with members of her team. Uh, they just couldn't get over. And at the end, uh, w- the UFC tried to help. Uh, they just couldn't get it done. So Tyler elected not to fight. And I don't blame her for that. Uh, I believe like one of the corners is her fiance her husband, or husband yeah, or something. something like um, somebody very close to her that she need, like really wanted in the corner and has been with her for most of her career. So... Uh, in the end, it was we're all there, or none of us are there, and that's the decision Tyler came to. Don't blame her for whatsoever, especially for a fight that big with title hopes for her, especially coming off that close fight with Valentina Flying from Brazil, big weight risky cut, fight. Yeah. yeah, very risky fight going from three rounds to five rounds. There's a lot of changes for her, mm. and not being able to have her team over there. Um, in the end, ultimately, she 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 decided not to fight and. Do not blame her for that whatsoever. Okay, and uh, it's just more of a comment, but I, I kind of like this. Tell me, tell me what you think. Uh, Lisa, seems like no downside for Blanchfield in this fight other than the pain of Jessica's strikes. Huge leap in experience for Aaron, no matter the result of the fight. I actually completely agree with this. Yeah. Uh, I think if she gets the doors completely blown off of her and doesn't like do anything, that's not going to be good. But other than that, I don't think that's going to happen. Uh, I think even if Andrade gets her out of there, it'll be a competitive fight until that point. But even if that happens, like I don't think it's a huge... I mean, it's a loss and it'll sting, but I don't think it downgrades her that much, especially with the short notice effect to it. It's high risk, low reward, honestly. this It's, it's, it's a higher risk, lower... Uh, high reward, lower risk yeah. fight, if that makes sense. You know what I'm trying to say. I got you. Like no, not I agree. from a physical sense because Jessica yeah. Andrade is Jessica Andrade, but in terms of ranking and legacy and where she's at, where that puts her in the grand scheme of things, like if she loses tomorrow night, which from what I hear, a lot of people are expecting her to do, she's going to be fine. Like she will be fine. She will get a few more fights and she'll be right back. So not, I don't think, is this a house money fight, AK, to you? Yep, I think I think uh, Lisa Llewellyn phrased this perfectly because the, the immediately I would say there is a downside. Any, there's always downside to stepping in there with Jessica Andrade, and that's beat just up. getting <laughs> punched so hard in the face it may change your life. Uh, and again, I, I mentioned the Kovalkovich uh, loss before. Carolina was never the same after. You, you could say you could say maybe it's just she was going to start trending downwards anyway, but she literally lost that fight, and I think lost her la- next three or four, and. I, I I personally directly connected to getting one shot popped by Jessica Andrade. I think that really changes your whole perspective and everything. Uh, I think it really shakes your confidence. Aaron Blanchfield is only 23 years old. She's obviously significantly younger than uh, than uh, Carolina was when she fought Jessica Andrade. So, and and her whole like as much as we talk about her skill set, her physical gifts. So much of her run has also been defined by her maturity. Um, I think anyone who's interviewed her or seen interviews with her, she really does carry herself as someone with some perspective, someone who knows where she sort of where she belongs in the pecking order right now. Um, I'm sure she's 195 million percent confident that she's going to run through Jessica Andrade on Saturday. But I think she would v- will very quickly be able to if it doesn't go her way. By Monday morning, she'll very be quickly able to pivot to well. Okay, here's realistically, if you know, if she loses, here's why I lost. Here's what I can do to get better. I do think I can beat Jessica Andrade someday. Now is not my time. Um, I think she has the mentality for that. I think she has the team to help her get through that. So there's always a downside to losing, but as far as long term damage, uh, I think she'll be fine. And it's not it's not quite house money. I don't know if I'd go all the way there. Um, but I would be shocked if she lost and, and people would are immediately swearing her off because a, a, a loss to Jessica Andrade will just tell you how good Jessica Andrade is and, and not necessarily anything about uh, negative about Aaron Blanchfield. Yeah, I don't I don't agree with no downside, but 
a loss will give it will tell Aaron and her camp what's missing, you know, because because with the Marley McCann fight, even though I thought that was just just an incredibly great matchup for her, the experience was great because it was MSG. It was a highly promoted fight. Um, With this is a little different since it's at the apex. It won't be like highly promoted. It won't be a big crowd, but five rounds main event against a main event type of fighter in Jessica Andrade. And if Nanshaw does lose this fight, she's going to find out a lot about herself and, you know, just depending how she loses. And that there's, there's only one way to get that. And that's to get in the cage and fight fights like this. And, um, the big doubt, the big kind of the big, Missing, I don't know, the, the mystery of Aaron Blanchfield is like, we just, she's, it's, we know she's getting better, but how much better is she getting? And even though she looked great against Molly McCann, we have to hope she's even got a little bit better than that performance to beat someone like Jessica Andrade. So um, that's what, that's why this fight's awesome. I'm very excited about it. All right. Do you have anything else? Or are we good? I think we're good. All right. Well, uh, we will be back tomorrow, 3.30 p.m. Eastern Time, People's Pre-Fight Show, to get you ready for all the action. Your questions start to finish until the first punches are thrown. Then we'll have a post-fight show when it's done. And then AK and I will be back Sunday morning for some matchmaking. On to the next one. And then next weekend, Bellator has a card. UFC has a card. And then we're on to UFC 285 and the return of John Jones. So get excited, everybody. So thank you for watching. We'll see you tomorrow for AK, for E. Casey Lydon. I am Mike Heck. Good night, everybody. Oh, and watch some BKFC tonight. Yes. Nice. We'll be covering. Follow on <laughs> yeah. MAFighting.com. You're listening to the Vox Media Podcast Network. The NBA playoffs are heating up, and so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. DraftKings brings you same-game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more. You can download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code VOXMMA. That's code VOXMMA for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just 5 bucks. Only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or in West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 and over. Age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.co slash bball for eligible and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources.